0: program i'm stacy washington and it is my pleasure to be with you today i said i wasn't going to spend a lot of time talking about impeachment or the trial but we do need an update and so it's my pleasure to welcome to the guest or to to the program our guest for today who is the managing editor of newsbusters you can visit that website at newsbusters.org and uh it's curtis hauck thank you so much for joining us today
1: no problem stacy
0: so let's talk about the trial so far. We They actually stayed up like all night last night, just ha- hammering out the rules. And I've heard tell and read a little bit about there being a, um, what can we call this, like a, a kill switch for the entire proceeding if they go crazy, which mm-hmm. kind of connects up to yesterday. Ju- Justice Roberts admonished both sides for their language. So what do you think of what's happened so far, Curtis?
1: Well, obviously, from our perspective with the news media, there's a couple things going on. First of all, it's the complete opposite of what they were saying about the 1999 trial uh, impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. You know they were talking then about how it was a waste of time. The outcome wasn't in doubt. so why are we doing this? You're distracting from you know Bill Clinton's agenda because he's in his second term. He only has so much time left in office. Um, so we have that going on as well. So the roles are reversed now. They're making this out to be very much worth our time, something that every American should tune into gavel to gavel or as much as possible. Uh, they saw no problem with staying up this late, even though a couple days ago they were complaining about Mitch McConnell being midnight Mitch, uh, wanting to get things done in the middle of the night and how nothing good happens in the middle of the night. But last night things went on. You know, to two o'clock, and everybody was thought it was fantastic. There was, uh, they really enjoyed all the amendments that were going on, even though they were all defeated, with the exception of one along a party line vote, and one, and one of those, Susan Collins went over, so it was fifty-two forty-eight for one of those, I believe, ten amendments. Um, but in, in our perspective, the cable news network CNN, MSNBC, the Democrats could do no wrong. Jerry Nadler talking about how. Those who don't support uh, the removal of this president and don't vote the way he wants them to on amendments are treacherous. Um, MSNBC saw no problem with this. They thought that what was going on last night, particularly with Adam Schiff, was one of the greatest performances in the history of the United States Senate. Uh, And they also thought that White House Counsel Pat Cipollone should have been disbarred uh, for telling what they said were lies about the Democrats and about you know the president's case on the House floor if he were in an act if he were in an actual courtroom. So really, if you're a House manager, you can get up there and really kind of say whatever you want. You can hurl whatever smears about people who don't think the way you do. Uh, in CNN, and MSNBC in particular, uh, and then obviously to a lesser extent, the broadcast networks and major newspapers will defend you all the way.
0: So I I love your rundown of everything, Curtis. Um, And you guys actually do all of the work, like you watch all of the clips, you watch all the TV shows, you track everything that everyone says. So you know when someone's lying. Now, there was a pretty interesting um, kind of the way things kind of cracked out last night. It was until almost 2 a.m. They debated the rules of the proceedings up until that point. And it was Chuck Schumer who presented 11 amendments and all of them, these were amendments to the rules, they were all tabled. And then you had party line voting uh, and, and everything that uh, Senator Mitch McConnell proposed was accepted. So now we're past that. Now we're at a place where they're going to try to, I guess, call extra witnesses. So for, for those of us out in the hinterland who haven't paid attention all the way through for the first day, now we're into day two. What are we to expect and and how long do you think this is going to go on? And I'm asking that sincerely, um, Curtis. Yeah. I have a life, and Americans have a life, and we, we are not here for this. Like, of all the things we could be here for as Americans, this impeachment is not it. So how much longer?
1: Right. So today, uh, so I'll start with the near term. Today, we're looking at opening statements, opening arguments from the House impeachment managers. They have 24 hours to make their case in that regard, spread out over however many days. Uh, we're looking at originally it was going to be 12 hour days, 1 p.m. to 1 a.m., but now we're going to break it up over three days, three eight hour sessions. Um, so. So that's the short term, and then the, then the president's legal team will be able uh, be afforded the same amount to 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 make their case over a number of days as well. And we're looking at this trial going on on Saturdays as well too. Uh, and even with that, so the Senate trial going on six out of seven days a week, we could be looking at you know if if at the end they don't pull out the nuclear option to dismiss the case, dismiss a you know, motion to dismiss, uh, you know. We'll see because right now, as they're pointing out last night, correctly, one of the few things that was pointed out correctly last night on the cable networks on CNN and MSNBC was what happened with the amendments was they were tabled, they were not defeated. So there's a like there's a strong likelihood that Chuck Schumer or someone else on the Democratic side will bring up these amendments again once we get past the opening arguments uh, or at some other point in the trial. So. Uh, so both sides kind of have things in their back pockets. So it's a matter of when they play those cards or if they play them at all. Uh, you know, and who knows what else the House Democrat managers may be sitting on in terms of new evidence, uh, to bring forward. So we could be looking at this going on for some time. Of course, the goal of the White House is to get this done before the president's State of the Union address coming up in the first week of February, which, Coincidentally, is just after the Iowa caucuses as well. So uh, and obviously the 2020 Democrats, the senators uh, that are still in the race, the four senators, they're uh, they're having to sit quiet all day while they're not in Iowa. And their opponents like Joe Biden, and Pete Buttigieg are still barnstorming across the state.
0: I love that. So. You know, this is the the law of unintended consequences when, right. um, Nancy Pelosi, yeah, she originally said she didn't want to do impeachment because it would distract away from more important issues. I mean, she she actually made a, a really valid case for not impeaching the President because of the timing, because of the lack of evidence. And because she was truly looking at her calendar between then, the last time she said that, and the actual election, knowing that they had to get through the primary without blooding each other too badly, and then move on into the general, where their intention is to blanket the airwaves, television, all of the media, use all of their friends at Google and everywhere else online, Twitter, um, to make this a, a open and shut case where this horrible president won't be reelected. But they can't find anything to say about him that's bad because of the economy, the foreign policy, even the border, which they have completely shut him down on, he's winning on that. So you talked about the next steps in the process, and I, so the RNC sent out a little bit of a detailed email um, talking about the, the House managers have 24 hours over three days to present their case. The same goes for the president's defense team. You talked about things in the back pocket that each side would hold off on and, and perhaps use. Do you think... That the State of the Union, because it, it turns out that the last few State of the Unions have been in the president's favor. Whenever he gets to address the American people directly without interruption, he really does well. Like, he he just, he wins people over. He comes off as being very real and likable, unless you have Trump derangement syndrome. So do you see that being our pivot point? Like, I'm I'm a praying person, so I'll be praying for something specific. And maybe I'm praying that it's over by the State of the Union, because they know that's their... That's their pivot point. After the State of the Union, Americans are going to want to turn to the election. And if the impeachment is still going on, they won't be able to.
1: You're exactly right that all of the previous State of the Union addresses or in the first year it was called a joint address to Congress, uh, that those were p- perhaps, you know, his strongest speeches that he's made of his entire presidency or even his political career. He's always gotten a positive bump out of these impeachments. Uh, and we see glimpses of what it was like on 2016 election night uh, with the news media melting down, grasping at straws. And also you have, you know, the media freaking out. And you also have the Democrats not standing or virtue signaling with their buttons or all wearing white or, you know, whatever their stunt is sitting on their hands for the most basic, you know, universal accomplishments from this country That should be applauded by all sides, but they're not. So, yeah, the state unions have been a win for this president, and uh, I I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case again this time uh, with the, you know, and try as they have to make the Democratic response seem like something that in in any of these cases in any of the previous three years, there's no... None of them really catapulted anyone to glory, so to speak, or really moved the needle back towards Democrats in their favor. It always took some time for things to wear off, uh, for the president's state of the union bump to go away. But you're exactly right. Things like trade and the economy. So what, what does the news media do? They don't cover it. They ignore it. That's what happened with the USMCA last week, the day, the night that it, uh, after it was passed. The broadcast networks ignored it completely. Uh, in the case of the China trade deal, two of the three broadcast networks sought to poke holes in it and suggest that this was somehow a bad thing.
0: So you mentioned a couple things that are really important to Americans that the president will be running on. And I think that's the the, the themes that you just laid out there are a couple of the things that he talks about regularly when he's on the stump at the rallies. So um the the internals that come out of those rallies, which I, I find kind of fascinating because everyone mm-hmm. talked up the uh, this fantastic organizational structure that Organizing for America had, where they were able to pinpoint where their voters lived, shopped, worked, and spent their recreational time and their online social media behaviors. And they made this into... Like an individual picture of each voter, and then they were able to tailor their message to that. And it was called genius that the the Republicans would never catch up to that. You know, it was just it was just they they now owned voting and and get out the vote efforts from now to eternity. Yet it turns out that the real geniuses for this time, and including in 2016, the geniuses are on the Trump campaign. People who previously have never done politics, they've just run marketing campaigns for businesses. They translated that into this this uh it's like a system that they use where they actually know every single person who attends a rally so eighteen thousand people show up to a rally they know if the person is a democrat uh, an independent a first-time voter so they've been able to actually break those numbers out and when i get them i'm like i'm amazed at the detail which means they also know how to touch those people Outside of the channels that are currently locked down to Republicans, online social media—you know—a a lot of that is really controlled by the Democrats. So, what are you looking forward to? Like, if you just could say anything um, that you're looking forward to after the State of the Union, when the president is pr- pretty much back on the the like the campaign trail, if you will, doing the rallies and everything, are you are you more looking forward to the air wars on traditional television or the online social media campaigns or what he's going to say on the stump or or what 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 are you looking forward to?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, the easy answer is all those things. And I'll just add that David Plouffe was on MSNBC after the last debate, and he mentioned how Facebook executives had recent, uh, uh, recently said that the people on President Trump's campaign on the marketing side, based on their business experience, are the best marketers that he's that they're, that he's ever seen, this Facebook executive talking about this. And so for David Plouffe to then share this and then state his agreement with uh, with with that assessment, just burst so many bubbles on MSNBC last week, uh, which again spells bad news for the left. Uh, these world class marketers that Facebook set that a Facebook executive is saying are the best they've ever seen. Yeah, so that that's one thing that's interesting. We'll see, you know, what kind of online censorship goes on here. How much do the media play the Russia card? So when things don't go well for them, they'll just chalk it up to a Russian disinformation attempts uh, campaign. So I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see the debates. I'm interested to see how the president's rallies are covered because they certainly won't be covered start to finish like they were last time in 2015 and 2016 as well. So uh, I know that's kind of the easy answer, but again, it's right.
0: No, you gave a great answer. And Curtis, I just will say, so what I've seen is most people that I know And I I admittedly, I'm one of those people who all of my friends are very political. Um, But what what we do is people will actually flip through the channels, just a cursory flip to see if the rally is on television, mainly so they can castigate those outlets who aren't covering it. Then it goes straight to YouTube. A lot of my friends have adopted the YouTube TV thing. It's 49 bucks a month. They're watching all of their television on YouTube. So... They go to their favorite, uh, like Red Elephant or whatever, whoever's live streaming it, and they watch it on YouTube. So the idea that the the big networks, the cable networks, that they're going to actually control people watching it, perhaps for low info voters who don't know where to go, but everyone else knows, I mean, you, whether you're 80 or eight years old, you know, you go to YouTube if you want to watch the president's uh, rallies. Um, I have to say, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your coverage of all of this over at Newsbusters. And I'm also looking forward to seeing like how hard the pivot is to Russia, because sometimes you get what you say. And the Democrats have said that the Russians meddled. Well, if the Russians actually really tried to meddle, like beyond what they did, which was their normal stuff last time. But I mean, if they really wanted to meddle, to pay the Democrats back for smearing them and putting their country's name in the mud, they could really do some damage this year. And it wouldn't be anything the Democrats could do about it.
1: Well, the, they whether they believe it or not, you know, the Democrats with the left and what the media doing by constantly chalking up disagreements or bad things to Russia uh, is actually doing Putin's dirty work. They're You know, the attempt by the leftist media to divide the American people is exactly what Vladimir Putin wants to do. That's exactly what all of our adversaries want us to do. They want to see us knifing each other. Uh, and really, that's what the liberal media wants to see. Whether it's this impeachment trial, trying to dismiss or ignore, downplay the success of the American economy, ignore the trade deals suggest that they're bad, uh, condemn the strike that killed uh, Soleimani, you know, really any of these accomplishments, trying to kind of muddy again muddy the waters and just play up play the Russia card uh, is actually accomplishing Russia's goal of dividing Americans, which. They claim to not want to see happen, but that's what's happening.
0: <laughs> well, we'll watch you and your work over at your fantastic team, mrctv.org and newsbusters.org. Curtis yep. Hauck managing editor, thank you for your time today. No problem, Stacey. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, uh, listen, that's the show for today here on Lifeset TV. I love it when we get to interview some of our favorites, and Curtis is one of those. Um Uh, He made some really great points. So share the show, post it on social media, um, you know, fight back against this censorship that they're trying to level against us. Over at lifezet.com and stayscanandwrite.com, we need all the help we can get. So you share the show and we'll be back with you again real soon.